Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, good morning again as we gather here, as we dive into God's Word. Let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of this amazing day. And Lord, today as we gather and we celebrate, we celebrate, Lord, as a nation, it is a time for us to remember those who have sacrificed, those who have served our nation, so that we enjoy the freedoms, Lord, that are in many ways unique um, to our nation, the unique the opportunities we have to gather here without fear to worship you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the sacrifice that you made for us. Lord, too, as we gather here, it is also Trinity Sunday. It is the day that we remember that you are the God that has revealed yourself in a mysterious way, the way that we can't fully wrap our minds around as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So our holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray that you bless our time here this day as we dive into your word. May it shape and mold us to be your people, we pray, Jesus, in your name. Amen. All right, well, let's kind of just get our wheels going here a little bit. I was away last week, so I'm going to kind of get my brain going here this morning as well. And here's just a little prompt for you. Name a song that gets stuck in your head. Think about that just for a moment. You know that song, that as soon as you hear that song, even maybe just the first one or two little beats of the song, it is forever in your head for the rest of the day. And does anyone have a song like that? How many have a song like that? Yeah, you know, you get those songs. Like, you know, when I, my kids were younger, you know, they'd watch that purple dinosaur. You know who that purple dinosaur is? Barney. And if you, you know, if you ever watch Barney with your kids, you know, suddenly you have, I love you, you love me. And, and it, it's stuck in your head. And that purple dinosaur bouncing around. Or the Blue's Clues was another one the kids would watch. And nowadays, of course, there's all kinds of other songs you might have. You know, one of the songs that kind of gets stuck in my head, and it's partly my own um, what would I call it? Lack of interest in making any changes. How does that sound? Uh, because, you know, well, I'll just tell you. This is a song. It's a 54-year-old song. It, you know, was officially brought to life June 25th, 1967, when the BBC, that's the British Broadcasting um, Committee, commissioned this band, this British band, for the program called Our World. And so they had this Our World and, you know, thousands and thousands and millions of people viewing this program. They wanted a song. And this band wrote this song specifically for this, and it struck a nerve. It, it hit at, at the, the home uh, and the hearts of those viewers. 40 million, not 40 million, 400 million TV viewers. It's, now, I was not around in 1967, so I, I didn't hear the song there, but I've heard it since then. But also, because it was on my phone, and every time I'd get in the car, it would start playing. And, and I would never, this is where I just chose not to make any changes. I would never stop, you know, making that song play. Every time they'd get there, my family, especially my kids, would go like, oh, the song again. And so we finally get that figured out. We changed vehicles, didn't have that anymore. But, you know, we went on this vacation to Las Vegas. We wanted to see kind of a live reenactment of this band, not the real band, because um, only one of them is, you know, left alive. But we wanted to see this band, and we're running just a little bit late. And the kids, you know, they're going like, not this song, not again. You know, and, and the song, by the way, is by a group named The Beatles. Have you heard of The Beatles before? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and the song is Love is All You Need. If you know how that song goes, kind of that trumpet sound, you know, do, 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 and then love is all you need. 
kind of get the groove going with me. You know, it just stacks in my head. You know, and, and you know, some of those songs you get stuck in your head are great songs. You love singing them. You love to have those songs with you throughout the day. And maybe it's, a, it's an old song. Maybe it's a new pop song. Maybe it's a, you know, Christian song or it's a, it's a hymn, something you had as a kid that just stays with you. One of the things I love about that song is, you know, it says, love is all you need. And, of course, it was definitely the 60s. They talk about love. But, you know, we talk about love all the time. In our culture, in our society, we talk about this concept of love and what it means to love, what it means to be loved. You know, love, this concept of love, it reaches down into the depth of almost every human being. We talk about love on Amazon. And there's some over 245,000 books that somewhere in that title have the word love. Or Google, if you like to Google, you know, type on the, do some Googling. Googling is, you know, some 474 million um, entries about love. So we talk about love is all that we need. And, and we hear that in the scripture reading from this morning. Now, the church father, Jerome, you know, if you don't know church history, Jerome is where we get a lot of our early church history from. So if you like church history, you like history, you read some stuff by Jerome, and you learn a lot about the early, early church. You know, the first, you know, apostles and the first, you know, 100 years or so of the Christian church. But he writes about the apostle John. The apostle John, you know, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, John, you know, who wrote the Gospel of John, and then, you know, wrote 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John letters to the early Christian church. We believe, from what we know of history, that he's the only apostle that lived a ripe old age. All the other apostles were martyred for their faith. They were put to death because they would not stop talking about Jesus. John was the only one that became a really old man. And Jerome tells us that in his old age, the Apostle John was, was weak, that he had to be carried almost everywhere that he would go, and that if he was going to speak in front of a congregation, that they would have to hold him up so that, that he could stand there and that he could speak. And I don't know, maybe, you know, you think maybe because, you know, he's getting really old and, and he just wanted to keep things really simple. You know, sometimes as we get older, you know, if you know someone that's gotten older, sometimes they just want to make things, life is just really simple. Instead of all these other ideas, I'm just going to focus on this one. And John had this one thing that he said to the people again and again and again. Not because he was forgetful, though. But this is what he said. Little children, let us, guess what? Love one another. You know, the people kind of began to complain. You know, John, this is the same sermon we've had week after week after week after week after week after week. Tell us something more. You know, like, why do you keep saying this? Why do you keep saying to us, little children, let us love one another? And he replied, because it's the Lord's commandment, and if this is done, it is enough. Love is all you need. See how maybe the Beatles stole it from the Apostle John. But love is, is all that we need. We hear that in John's letter, especially that first letter to the followers in that of Jesus in the first century. And let's read this together. 1 John 4, 7. Dear friends, 
Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Dear friends, let us love one another. Let us love, because if we know God, then we, we know love, because God is love. And John gets into that in the next verse, verse 8, and we'll read this together as well. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. You don't know love, then you don't know God. Because God is what? God is love. God's amazing grace and love for us in Jesus Christ. Now, today is Trinity Sunday. And we talk about the Trinity. I, I don't know. Have you tried to ever picture the Trinity? Maybe it's just kind of a pastor thing, you know, because, you know, we kind of sometimes live more in theology. But try to imagine what it's like to be the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, all God, not three gods, but one God. But in the three don't get mingled together. The three separate persons, but one God. And, and, and this, this, this idea of the Trinity you know, it, trying to explain that and to understand that. I tried to explain that once to a college classmate. He was from Japan. He was not a Christian. And tried to explain to him, you know, the Trinity. He has such a profound. He could, he could ask about, you know, how do you know God loves you? But no, he said, explain the Trinity to me. And I'm like, well, let me see here. It's a mystery. It was safe to say. It's a mystery. Because the earlier church said, we really don't understand this, but we believe this is how God has revealed himself. This is why we have the creeds that we have. Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, the Athanasian Creed. They really talk about this God who is triune. And sometimes, maybe you had this in confirmation class. You have different ways of maybe the pastor or teacher trying to explain to you the Trinity. For example, H2O. H2O is what? Well, H2O is actually water. That's liquid form. And then there's the gaseous vapor form called steam. And then there's the solid form called ice, right? All three of those are H2O, yet they're three separate things. In the same way, you know, the Trinity is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, yet is one God. Another way sometimes is, is an apple. You know, if you take an apple, especially if you cut the apple like, you know, if it's the stem is up here and you cut the apple like that, you know, the apple has the peel and it has the, the fruit you know, the mimita of the apple, and it's got the seeds. All three are part of the apple, you know, but yet there are three separate things. The seed is not the skin, and the skin is not the flesh of the apple, and the flesh of the apple is not the seed of the apple, yet all of them are what? The apple. Or, or maybe you've learned about like an egg. An egg has three basic parts, right? We've got what? You've got the shell, and you've got the white, and then you've got the yolk. And again, trying to understand this concept of the Trinity, this mystery of a God who created this universe, a God who loves us dearly as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And think about this like an egg. Or, or here's another way. You know, if you've got toothpaste at home, maybe I shouldn't say this because then some kids would go home and say, well, Pastor said to do it. No, I didn't say to do this unless mom and dad supervise. But you know, if you have one of those toothpaste that's got like three colors in there, like usually there's like a red and a bluish minty color and a white, you squeeze that out, you know, it's all toothpaste, yet it's all three different colors and three different kind of you know, aspects to that toothpaste. But you know, the Trinity is not some irrelevant theory. It's not some 
intellectual puzzle. It's fundamental for how we understand God. It's fundamental to who God is. And ultimately, who is God? Let's go back to verse 8 again. God is what? God is love. Our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we can take this mysterious, this, this concept that is so hard for us to wrap our brains around to understand that ultimately, when we talk about our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we talk about love. Love in its purest forms. Love in its truest form. God is love. And how does God show that love to us? Well, John goes on to explain that to us. Let's read together verse 9. Or verse 10. Sorry, 9 and 10. This is love. Let's read this together. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So this is what? Love. That God sent his son. Now, if you know perhaps one of the most well-known Bible verses, John 3.16 is what? God so loved the world. Now, Jesus said the words, but who recorded those words? The Apostle John. So he's picking up on those words that Jesus said when he was there, and he heard Jesus say those words, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that God loved the world this way, that he gave his son. He picks up on that, and he says that for us here. This is love. Not that we love God. Not that we have loved God first, and then he loves us. That God loved us. God loved us. God loved you. God loved the world. While we were still sinners, while we were still rebellious, while we were not doing anything that was worthy of his love, God loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. As the one who paid the payment for our sins. By giving us life for you, for me, for the world. God is love. And let's pick up verse 11. Let's read this together. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. See, John, you know what he's saying here is that not only, yes, we celebrate that God loves us, that we don't have to earn God's love. And that is, that is awesome. Because I can tell you that if I had to earn God's love, I have a long list of things that I have done or I failed to do for reasons God should not love me. And a lot of that is piled up here in the last week or so. Uh, you go back further, and I got more. We all do. You know, we, we all know that we have failed God. We have failed one another. But that's what makes God's love amazing. That's what makes God's love something that we don't deserve, that we receive, that we receive when we talk about grace. But God's love then also begins to shape who we are. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. It also reflects back on the words of Jesus as well. It means that, that we particularly as a church community have the opportunity to show the world what it means to live together, to live together in the midst uh, of disagreements and division, to live together in love. That when we experience God in this way, love, we will experience a church that welcomes all people that we become a people who welcome all people, who love all people, not because they deserve our love, because we don't deserve God's love, and others may not deserve our love. They may not measure up to our expectations. But we love them just as God 
loves us. We love one another as God loves us. You know, Jesus didn't say, you know, tolerate your neighbor. He said what? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, here's kind of the, the point we're getting to. As we talk about Trinity Sunday, and we're kind of nail this in for us. And what we're going to focus in here is, as a church community, especially, we especially need God's love. As a church community, we are shaped by God's love. That's how we, you know, we can especially witness to the world. That first, you know, that love flows here amongst one another. And you talk about this past 14, 15, 16 months, it's been a time that sometimes has been divisive. There's been disagreements. We don't always see eye to eye, you know, with things that are not even theological things necessarily. Yet we are called to do what? To love one another as God has loved us. God is calling us, you and me. He's calling us the people of Holy Savior. He's calling his people all throughout the world to new ways to being together, to gathering together as a community of people who love, of growing together in the love that God has for us and the love that we have for one another and the love we have for this community and this world and for going out and living and sharing that love. The challenge for us as we go out from here, as we celebrate this Trinity Sunday, as we talk about this triune God who loves us, that is people shaped by his love. Our challenge is this. Where in your life do you especially need God's love to shape you? I think about that just for a moment, especially as in a few moments we're going to confess our sins. I can, I won't tell you, but I know some areas in my life where I can say, I need God's love to shape me. My attitude towards someone, my, you know, interaction with someone, I know I need God's love to shape me continually because I live with people. I'm not a hermit. And so I need God's love to shape me because I'm not perfect. I sin again and again. And as God's love shapes me, as God's love shapes us, then we give a great witness to the God who is love. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the gift of your amazing grace and love for us in Jesus Christ, in whose powerful name we pray. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.